From the Asset Builder headquarters in Dallas, Texas, welcome to Keep It Simple, a show that discusses simple techniques and philosophies to help de-stressify investors around the world. I'm your host, Jared Herzog, and welcome to the show. Today, we're learning from our esteemed veteran registered investment advisor, Adam Morse, and our human economic database and fearless CIO, Michael French. And today, we're talking about trust. We are exploring the world of trust to see if maybe there are some things you don't know. There are certainly some things we didn't know, so we feel like this would be hugely beneficial to um, anybody who's in a trust, has a trust, um, or is thinking about uh, establishing one. Today, we're doing this format a little bit differently, so I pitch a question to Michael and Adam, who both try to answer the question each and whoever answers it correctly gets a point whoever gets the most points at the end wins the prize which is not really a prize but you'll find all that out so just a disclaimer up front we are not trust attorneys we are simply testing the knowledge of our two hosts just to see how they fare they were not prepared with these questions they do deal with trust uh, with clients but it likely doesn't require the depth of knowledge that this questionnaire does we did however learn a lot and i bet that you will too okay guys without further ado let's get to the show Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys doing this morning? Doing well. Rain finally stopped, so it's uh, it's a good day so far. Doing well because the rain moved from Dallas to Austin, so we actually you know got I don't know two or three hours of rain. I was very excited. Yeah, y'all are getting your butts kicked right now, aren't you, Michael? Down well, there. it's not. It 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 rained this morning and now it's stopped, and I think it's supposed to start up again this afternoon. So. We'll take it. Cool. All right. Well, hey, we're talking about trust funds today, but we have a little twist to today's episode. We are doing this in the style of a questionnaire competition between Michael and Adam to see who is the most trustworthy when it comes to knowing trust. I just made uh, that, that up on the spot. Ooh, I, see, spot. I see what you did there. Very nice. So the rules of the game are that I'm going to pitch a question and the first person to answer will get obviously the chance to answer. And if they answer correctly, they'll get a point. If they get it wrong, they have to de- defer the point to the uh, their opponent. But let me uh, just say out, out front here that if I lose, it's because I just wanted to do Michael a solid. Yeah, and make him feel good. So <laughs> I, I might stand back a couple here. And right. if and if we tie and we have to arm wrestle. I will simply defer. I'll I'll concede that Adam will win. Fair bet. So the I have I do have a uh, a prize. So the prize is well, it's not really a prize, I guess. I'll say the loser, (laughs) the loser of this uh, trust fund questionnaire uh, will have to read the uh, the credits at the very end of the episode, which is what I do every single episode. So the disclaimer and the uh, the directory and all of that. So. So okay. when you said prize, what you what you really meant was penalty. The yes. penalty for losing. The penalty okay. for losing. Okay. The prize that's, is you don't have to. That's good motivation. That. That's good motivation. I'll go ahead and just start warming up my voice now and read those <laughs> out. <laughs> All right. You guys ready for question one? Okay. Fact or fiction? Trusts are governed by federal law. I know it. Okay, Adam. That is false. They are governed by state law. That is which, correct. Which means if you are looking to set up a trust, have a trust, what have you, make sure that you are up to date on the laws as they relate to where you live. If you've moved or lived in different places, don't make the assumption that all the rules are going to apply equally because they most definitely will not. 
One that point was, for Adam. Whoa. That is a fine answer. That was a good answer. I like the fact that he's like, one point for Adam. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to compete, let's compete. Let's. I, I don't do wow. things to okay. lose. Okay, Adam All gets right. a point. All right, question number two. Are you guys do you ready? Like how I'm bragging about a, yes. a point that we <laughs> bragging while engineered for myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, what's your right. next question? All right, so question number two, fact or fiction. There are two main roles to be fulfilled in any trust guarantor and beneficiary well question are you saying there are only two or that there are two that those uh, are two of the roles because there I'm are saying, more roles than that i'm saying there are only two i would say false but i'll defer because yeah. michael kind of already already answered as false yeah you'd also i mean you have to have a trustee for that's i mean i don't know how many other entities you might have to have but you would at least need a trustee that's correct Correct. You need a trustee, so it's three. Okay. Do we care to? Can you enlighten us as to what those differences are in a quick fashion? So, like the 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 beneficiary is the person who. Uh, so somebody is saying the grantor is the person who's saying I will, you know, put this property in trust. For instance, the beneficiary is the person who should receive the. The benefit, uh-huh. essentially, of the trust, but then that the person in the middle is the trustee, so they manage the property they or the, the assets, um, and so you have to have at least those three people, or else it would just be like uh, a will where a grantor dies and provides something to the beneficiary. A grantor. I said guarantor. It's grantor. Grantor. That's all right. We'll let it slide. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's why Adam didn't get the answer. Otherwise, because uh, he was yeah. trying to figure out what a guarantor <laughs> was. This is this a trick like, question. No, this is a grantor. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if we were doing trick questions here. All right, one to one. All right, number three. Factor fiction. These are all factor fiction. Factor fiction. Trustees are not liable financial for financial losses incurred from mismanagement of assets in a trust. The trustee. Yes, trustees are not liable for the financial losses incurred from mismanagement of assets in a trust. I know that one. Okay, what is it? Do you do you know it, Adam? Uh, Sorry, if I'm, I, I want to make sure. Well, I, I think it's true. Wait, but I'm, they, I, I, I could be interpreting it incorrectly. I mean, if so the trust say, if a trust loses value, I mean, the trustee's going to eat that. Yeah, the trustee is liable for the mismanagement for sure. Okay, so that's. I guess that's Michael, right? You answered first? No, yeah. we both answered it. We'll go with Michael. No, we got to go with one or the other, guys. This is a game. Oh, okay. one and a half, one and You're a supposed half. to be beating I don't each live other in the world where. Yeah, I don't live in a world where we all get trophies. We'll give that to Michael. Okay. Okay. All right, so they are, they are, they are liable. Is the yes. Okay. Yeah, correct. All right, fact or fiction, question three. Trusts, or, trusts are more complicated than wills. I'm going to say true. Okay, that was Adam. That is yeah, so... I'm going to say true. Now, it's, it's a subjective question, to be fair. I was going to say that's subjective. You would say true, though? But I would say true. I mean... I, well, here's the answer. It says, with, it says, compared to wills, trusts take more time to set up, require more maintenance, yeah. are, and are more difficult to change. Yeah, like, legally, I could write down on a piece of paper, this is my last will and testament. And yeah. the court will honor that. Fair. That's fair. I mean, a and trust, I you're almost going to have to at least get some legal advice to set that say, up. I was going to say, just the, the, and the, that question where we were like, well, there's a third party involved. 
So right. Just the fact that that third party, yeah, that's fair. Okay. Almost everyone has a will. Not everyone has a trust. So I think that kind of speaks for itself. Boom. Two to two. Let's do it. Okay, guys. (laughs) Stop being nice to each other. You guys need to win. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Here's question five. Let's get serious. Okay. Fact or fiction. A trust does not protect assets from creditors. Oh, I can tell you that. Okay. What is it? Absolutely not true that, that you can, a trust can be seized. There's like all kinds of stories about that. Okay, so this says that it's absolutely true. A trust does not protect assets from creditors. Right. You guys are saying the same right. thing. Okay. Yeah. Assets. So assets can right. be seized from a trust. Sorry. Isn't Whatever there a type the of trust. False. Isn't there a type of trust where that's not true though? I'm I'm simply saying like I can think of stories where people have tried to cover things up or hide things in a trust or protect things in a trust and uh, creditors have been able to take that, that money. And then, you know, I think courts have still been able to go and and take those assets away from you. I found found this in the article that I sent you guys. Um, So there are two types of trusts here. So we have revocable trust and then irrevocable trust. Does that ring a bell with either of you? Yep. Yes. Okay, so the irrevocable trust, I'll just read it. The main advantage of an irrevocable trust is that the assets are legally off limits to creditors. That means the beneficiaries are guaranteed access to the funds no matter what financial problems befall the family. Boom. Okay. I see that. All right, that goes to Michael, I think. I think. Yeah, Michael got that correct. Woohoo. Bummer. Does Jared get like a half point for that? Or Jared doesn't even get to that. Jared, Jared, you don't Jared get to gets, half points. Jared gets his own account where he gets I'm, some I'm points. I'm the king of this, so I'm, I'm just I'm sitting up here just watching sure. you guys fight to the death like gladiators and enjoying Sounds it. Sounds good. All right, fact or fiction. Next question. Assets in a trust for a child must be distributed when the child turns 18. I don't. Um, that's false. That was both at the same time. So I think you, you need to arm wrestle. Okay. No, okay, so Adam wins arm wrestling. He gets it. There we go. That's false. As trustee, you can set up whatever. As yes, guarantor. As the, 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 the guarantor slash the grantor. trustee. Sorry, the grantor. Grantor. Sorry, grantor. We're now using the trust documents at set up outline and dictate the structure of payout access to the beneficiary, things of that nature. So you can have, you can make it whatever age you want. You know, what's I have- interesting. I think trust would be better off instead of using ages as a hurdle, they should use life accomplishments as a hurdle. <laughs> like, yeah, if I think you, you graduate. If you, I think you can you, do that. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, because, I think you can. Because if you graduate from college versus when you turn 25, well, I mean, and you can graduate from college and still, you know, not be uh, a person who needs access to money. Right, uh, right. But I just think it's, that's, that's interesting. I would well, something the, uh, to consider as grantor. Putting yeah. in your trust is, you know, considering those types of things. True. Well, here, here's the official answer. It's the grantor can designate the age at which the child gains access to the assets, ages 18 and 22, in parentheses, when many beneficiaries complete their college education, are common. But the grantor may choose any age. So there you go. Okay. All right. So, Adam, good job. Is that Adam's point? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Good job, Adam. <laughs> okay. We're doing, so we're, we're doing way better than I thought we would do. Yeah. I'll be honest. I agree. Okay, my gladiators. Fact or fiction. If you create a trust for a child and put assets in the child's name, you cannot get them back. True. Mm. Mm. Back. 
it is true. Once the assets are in the child's name, they're no longer the the grantor. This is true of all assets transferred to a trust. The trust becomes the owner. The trust becomes the owner. Why is is Adam groaning? Well, I wavered. I I thought I knew, but I wavered for a second, and that was all it took. And I lost the window of opportunity. Okay, 43, (laughs) Michael. My All right. Fact or fiction. An individual cannot put assets in a testamentary trust while he or she is alive. That's false. You can put it in the trust, but you cannot. Well, actually, no. False. Can I correct Let's that? say it's fact. You, so the, okay. It goes I, into wait, the I, trust at the time of your death. So while you're living, that is correct. You cannot put assets into the trust while you're living. The fact that it's a testamentary trust means when you die, the assets go in at the time of your death. So well, by default— a testamentary, The word testamentary, doesn't that mean it's part of a will? Um, so Michael— yes. Let me read you the answer, and you guys can tell me. So the answer is uh, that it's true. <laughs> An individual cannot put assets in a testamentary trust while he or she is alive because a testamentary trust is set up as a provision in a person's will. So it will effectively only—I'm sorry—it will take effect only after the grantor's death. Before then, the grantor. Sure that's, that's what I said. I'm pretty sure that's, that's pretty much what Adam was saying. Okay. So we'll give that to Adam. Guys, I need you to be able to decipher my, my gibberish <laughs> and just assume that I'm giving you the correct answer. I'm pretty sure that's what Adam was saying was the answer. I'm pretty sure that if you listen carefully and throughout every third word, that's yeah. what if Adam listen, said. If exactly. you listen to it at half speed, that is what I said. <laughs> and backwards. Okay, so what's the score now? Four to four? It's probably four tied. Four. It's it's kind of like I feel like got we're this so wrong. I feel like we're playing basketball and you know like when the game gets to the end and people are like it's nine seven, and you're like, "How'd you guys have nine? And somebody will be like, "Cause I scored three. That guy over there yeah. hit two. That guy hit four, wrong. and that guy hit yeah. four. And you're like, "That adds up to eighty two, not seven. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I feel like that's how this is going to end. Yes, it will. Okay. Okay. Fact or fiction? A charitable trust can last indefinitely, but a private trust cannot. That's true. Uh, Michael, well, that is true. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I know the charitable trust know. can last, in, last indefinitely. Um, and I think a private trust, like, there has to be, the beneficiary has to be a real person. So when that person dies, it would be over, right? That's the yes. logic I would use. Okay. Yeah, so the, the well answer is well-reasoned. So the answer is that trusts provide a public benefit, such as those that fund road scholarships ah. or Pulitzer Prize, and have no set endpoint. A private trust, however, cannot extend far beyond the life of the benef- uh, the life of the beneficiaries. All right, perfect. I wonder what would happen. So uh, this is way beyond what we need to discuss, but it would be interesting then to know what would happen, for instance, if you have a scholarship funded for the University of Chicago, you know, an endowment for a professor or whatever, and then if the University of Chicago simply ceased to exist, what would happen then? Hmm. I, I'm, I'm assuming that the trust document has to have some sort of, but okay. So let me ask you this, then, if that's the case, and I don't know the answer, but the trustee is is assumed to then be alive, right? The trustee has to be alive to be making decisions. So mm-hmm. I guess the uh, appointing of a trustee becomes pretty important because you're assuming that they're going to be alive until in a private trust until the child turns a certain age. And then 
in a public trust, what you're saying is the trustees would, I guess, just have to continually be appointed because the trustee continues even though people have died. The trustees have died. I read somewhere it could be incorrect that they make like backup trustees and stuff like that. So there's like a sure. succession is what I okay. saw somewhere. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Okay. Okay, next question, guys. Fact or fiction? The grantor of a living trust can also be its beneficiary. No, yeah. false. I would say true. I don't, I don't know. So maybe Adam's right. Adam, explain your answer, and, and also, Michael, explain your answer. Well, if I'm the grantor... You can also be its beneficiary. <sighs> true or false? I'm going to say false. Only because to me it seems illogical. I don't know why you would do that, but maybe it's legally possible. But I don't see how that there. I don't see the benefit to doing it. So based on that, I'm saying okay, false. And Michael, why, do, uh, why is it true? So I'm only going to say it's true because I think I remember that uh, this was from some exam, like licensing exam. Something that I re- think I remember reading was that. A human can actually be can actually fill all three roles. Like you don't actually have to uh, appoint even a. Uh, uh, sorry, you can be the grantor and you can also be the trustee beneficiary and the, and beneficiary. the beneficiary. I th- I think I remember reading that. Uh, Michael is correct. You can be all three. Is that yep. true? <sighs> yeah, you can be all three. But I would I, love I to hear the use case where that's. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good or helpful. I mean, I'm sure there is one. I'm not, obviously there's, I, I know a lot. There's a lot more I don't know than I do know. So I'm sure there's a case. Otherwise it wouldn't be a, a rule, but I can't think off the top of my head why you would want to do that. Well, so, and, and also I wonder, you know, like we said at the beginning, like, like Adam said, these are state laws. So I wonder if that would be true in every jurisdiction so I, I don't know. I, I, I can't actually think of a good use case. If, you know, that'd be something if somebody who's listening to this says, hey, here's what you guys are missing. That would be useful. Yeah. Let us know. Because yeah, let us know. It, sure. would be, it would be interesting to hear a case where that is actually uh, where it's beneficial for somebody to. Uh, there's probably some tax reasons or some reason why uh, somebody would. Right would be able to identify, but I can't think of one. I think it would have to be a tax reason that's super niche. Otherwise, I mean, you're not doing it for the general purpose of a trust, unless you're just super self-aware at 18. You're like, I don't trust myself with this money. Put it away until I'm 35, like, which, uh, who's doing that? So anyway, yeah, if you know, definitely reach out to us, let us know. Yeah, and you guys should know the email that we have set up now. You guys can email us, all you listeners, at podcast at assetbuilder.com. And you can talk to both of these guys and me if you'd like to and ask any questions and they'll answer. They'll probably so, want to know what the score is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe that, so that's a wash. Um, well, no, actually, Mike got that. So it's six to four. It's six to four. It's so falling I, behind. Okay, next question fact or fiction? Revocable trusts, which we talked about, revocable trusts are much more flexible than irrevocable trusts, but offer fewer tax benefits. I was going to say true until you said, yeah. but offer fewer tax benefits. That's it's, the way you asked the question makes me wonder if that's. I would go with true, though. Okay. The answer is 
true. Good job, Michael. All right, here's the here's the answer. So with a revocable trust, you can make changes to the terms or even end the trust. But because of this flexibility, the income from the trust is considered yours for tax purposes and must be included on your personal tax return. With an irrevocable trust, you file a separate tax return for the property in that trust. I guess if that makes any That's sense. That's interesting. Yeah, no, no, it just it's interesting because that that the fewer tax benefits, I guess you have to consider it a tax benefit that you get it's to not file really. a separate return. Yeah, it's just it's it's unique, but okay. So it's not really a tax benefit? No, it is. Okay. Yeah, it is. I mean, you're still paying the taxes as right. you, one case or the it's other. Not, one it's is not just like you're paying under the trust. Right. There's not a different there's not a I guess the benefit a, like would be short term capital gain, long term capital gains. It's not like that where there's a, a trust tax rate for revocable trusts and then a different one for irrevocable trusts. Well, but if yeah, if you're a high if you're a high income earner though, it could be helpful to not have to attribute that to your personal income and bump you up in a bracket so True. you can separate it out. True. True. Yeah. All right, good question. Okay, guys, we're sitting at seven to four. Michael, Adam, you have some Yes, some headway, but hey, we're yeah, on question I can 11. do math, Jared. Next question, please. Can you? Can you? Let's find out. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. All right. Factor fiction. In relation to trust, the term property refers mainly to real estate. False. No. Adam got first. that. Yeah. You did say it first. There you go, boy. <laughs> Seven five. Any assets placed in a trust and can include cars, money, stocks, bonds, and personal possessions. Good job. Thank you. Seven to five. All right. Next question. Fact or fiction? If you receive income from assets in a trust, you must pay taxes on it. That's easy. Yeah, I was going to say true. Just depends on who's paying the tax. Trust. Yeah, we just talked about that. Okay, true. Placing assets in a trust does not exempt the access the assets from an income tax. All right, I so, think we should watch that question. That way we have an odd number of questions. There's a definite winner. Okay. I'll Since we both okay. kind of got that one. Okay. Yeah. Factor fiction. Next question. If the beneficiary of a living trust dies, the property and the assets must go to the contingent beneficiary. To, I'm sorry. I misphrased that. The assets must go to a contingent beneficiary. False. It can go into the general estate of the, of the grantor. What if you've, I mean, if you've named a contingent beneficiary, don't you have to go to the contingent beneficiary? Does the question assume that a contingent beneficiary is named? Well, it says has to go to a contingent, which is false. Uh, the answer is false. Good job. So when but a if, there, if there is a contingent beneficiary, doesn't it have to go to that person? Yes. Oh, okay. But there doesn't have to be a contingent beneficiary. Right. Yeah. But... That's why I was asking, does the question assume that there is a contingent beneficiary? If there well, is a contingent beneficiary, it has to go to them, If there, but you don't necessarily no. have to have named one. I think it does not assume that. Okay. Yep. I understand they asked for clarification, but that was a risk you took, and it burned you there. <laughs> Seven to six, I'm coming back. I needed that momentum builder there. Okay, here's the, here's the follow-up answer to it. So when a beneficiary dies, the property and assets revert back to the grantor of the trust unless a contingent beneficiary has been named. So there you go. Perfect. All right, seven to six. Michael, you're ahead by a point. Fact or fiction? Transferring a car into a trust can create problems. Fact or fiction? <laughs> oh, I'm gonna say I would fact. say yes. Fact. For sure. Okay, okay. You want to know how I know this? Yes. 
Because, because when I was a young lad, like when I was y'all's age, I bought a car at Model T. No, no, no. So it was a 1978 AMC Concorde. Look it up. Ooh, um, yeah. And it was it was in an estate, and this lady had had this car for eight years. Hadn't driven it for eight years, right? It was a. I don't know how old the car was at that point. So this is probably in. It was a 20 year old car at that point. It hadn't been driven for the last eight of those 20 years. Um, I had to have it towed, like all the hoses were, were you know, rotted out, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, when I met Sarah, she called it a death trap. She was just angry because the air conditioning was spotty at best in Texas. That's an impressive mm-hmm. way to pick up a girl. But So here's the story. I buy this car, and I had moved, and so they mailed the title to a former residence. So I was trying to get the title and never could actually get the title. So I couldn't register the car. I was driving on expired tags the whole, you know, nine yards. At some point, I tried to donate the car to charity and was unable to do so because they were like, you don't have the title. We don't we won't accept the car. And so if you put a car in trust, because I was just trying to get rid of the car in any way I could, but not having the title was a huge issue. Yeah, it wasn't yours to give away. Yeah, as far as they were concerned. And it's like, well, I have a canceled check. And I think at some point the state of Texas said if you buy a bond that's equal to the value of the car. So, it, I mean, this was I, – I drove this car. I had handicapped license plates. I remember at one point – so this is when I met my wife. Sarah walked out, like was following me to see what kind of car I drove. We met at a gym. And so she walks out of the gym and she said, she's following me. And she notices I get into this car and she thought, oh, how sweet. He must live with his grandmother because that was the kind of car that it was. And which was precisely the type of person that I bought the car from. So, All right. Well, I learned something today. I had no idea. So our score is eight to six, Michael. Correct. Correct. Okay. All right. Guys, we're getting Why? to because the. Why? Because I had a better st- better story yeah. for that one. Yeah, I enjoyed your story. Okay. So point <laughs> to you. All right, fact or fiction: a trust. I'm sorry, a living trust written in one state will still be valid in another state. False. <laughs> <laughs> that is false. We've already talked about it. Governed by state law, so you got to redo the trust when you move oh, to a different state. Wow, well, I'm sorry. Wait, I said, wait. I'm sorry. Yeah, we need to redo that question again. Yeah, because I said. Because it's actually true. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So, okay. I was okay. going to ask for clarification. So if I, if I, and you still get the I, point anyway, because because okay. Adam answered it incorrectly. <laughs> Excellent. Go, yeah. Adam. Answer another yeah. one. Yeah, well, but, but, <laughs> exactly. But clarify, can you clarify that? Because okay. Adam's right. We talked about state laws. So if I have a trust and I write it in the state of Texas. And then I move to Connecticut. It is still valid, was the way I said it. So okay. Though the so, okay. So here's the answer. So the trust will still be valid, but it's a good idea to check the laws that govern trust in a new state, as the laws may vary. So it's still valid. Okay. But the laws might be different. All right. Well, I took a shot and I missed. I feel like All the right. guy on the basketball team that the defense is just like, leave him open, <laughs> let him shoot. It's not a good feeling. <laughs> That's not true. You've gotten like That's a little dramatic. You've missed one. 
It's fine. Let's just move on. Nine six. <laughs> okay, Adam, you have to get everyone right from here on out in order just to tie. So we'll just let Adam always shoot. appreciate we'll, the yeah. math, Jared. Thank we'll you. We'll just let Adam. Yeah. We'll just let Adam shoot and see if yeah. he's right. Okay. Okay. Back to fiction. These are yours, Adam. For Adam. Okay. okay. This is going to be really humbling. Let's yeah. do it. Back to fiction. Most living trusts are revocable. Um, I'm going to say false. You're you sure you don't want to reconsider that? Yeah, yeah, let me think. Let me just double check. <laughs> I think he meant to say true. He meant to say Did true. Did I say false? Oh, I meant to say true. <laughs> okay, so it is true. While irrevocable trusts may be attractive for the tax savings they offer, they often they are often less desirable because they give the grantor little control over assets once the trust is established. So, yeah, that okay. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so Adam, it's like I'm reading some credits. Yeah, it looks like you're reading some credits, cowboy. <sighs> well, all right, let's, we all, let's do the last two. Got to finish the game. That's right. Okay. All right, fact or fiction. So you guys get back. So Michael, get back into it. My, fact or fiction. Okay. A living trust makes a will unnecessary. False. False. Super false. false. Yeah. Adam, go Super ahead. False. Adam got that. That was well, a three-pointer. The, the, yeah, yeah. The, with the confidence I had that with, there's no way I was. That was, yeah. The uh, well, I mean, a trust may or may not include all of your estate, all of your assets. There's obviously a ton of other things that might not be in the trust. Just because you have a trust, in no way means that you don't need a will. Um, there's a lot of your estate does not equal the beneficiary of the trust. Right. That would be my answer. That's perfect. That the what they have is even with a living trust, a will is still necessary to provide for the distribution of assets that haven't been transferred to the trust, such as those required right before the grantor's death. Perfect. Get myself yeah. some garbage time points here. I'll take it. Okay, last two. Factor fiction. Trust can help people avoid probate. I'm gonna say true. Adam. Yeah. I'm gonna say true. Uh, the answer is trust. true. Yeah, it's pretty clear. I mean, just like a uh, a will can help avoid probate, or a, not a will, a beneficiary on an IRA helps you avoid probate. Same thing here. A trust dictates exactly what happens, so the court doesn't really need to delineate between you know what should go where. So it's a good thing to do. And, exactly and right. Isn't it isn't it true that there's not actually an inheritance because the trust owns the assets and the trust exists like so outside that, of the yeah outside of the a human dying. So, so where would it go? Nothing. Well, you've been paying uh, income tax along the way. Yeah. So when a trust owns something, then the fact that a person dies, the grantor dies, doesn't even necessarily – like the trust still is the owner. So a court doesn't have to determine ownership because yep. the trust is the owner and the trust exists. Good job, Adam. Thank you. So what happens like, if, if both people die? Like what if the beneficiary and the grantor – both die. Well, if there was no contingent beneficiary, then it goes to the estate and then the of the grantor. The, of the grantor. And then you go back to where we were where where the court would be involved because mm-hmm. the court's gonna have to make a determination. When did we become attorneys, <laughs> trust attorneys? Oh man. Well that's why I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm humbled by this process because I can always learn more. That's right. But there should be a lot of disclaimers on this on this episode that talk about how yeah. Adam well, that's and up Michael. To Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Uh, I see hey, and put the disclaimers at the beginning of this. Last question, you guys. Fact or fiction. A trustee may be charged with distributing income to a beneficiary, but is never responsible for making decisions about how the income should be distributed. 
I'll read it again. How the income should be distributed. A trustee may be charged with the, with distributing income to a beneficiary, but is never responsible for making decisions about how the income should be distributed. Can we agree to ask for clarification, Michael? Because yeah, when you say how, or, when you were asking that question, I thought you were going to say, but is never responsible for how the income is spent or how those proceeds are handled. But when you're saying how, you mean like the method to which the distribution is made? Uh, yes. My inclination is true. Say, read the question again. The trustee may be charged. Yeah, the, tr- the uh, charge might be a weird word they use, but a, a trustee may be charged. Yeah, exactly. A trustee may be responsible f- with distributing income to a beneficiary, but is never responsible for making decisions about how the income should be distributed. I don't know when you, yeah, when you say making decisions, I don't know if you're saying like, well, if, if it's, you know, do I get to, is the, sorry, is the trustee responsible for deciding if we do this via check or ETF or, you know, whatever? I just feel like the question is saying, while the trustee is responsible, the trustee is never responsible. So I think the question's false just because the trustee is responsible. Unless it they, means like, unless it means like determining who, you know, who is the income tax go to? Oh, right, right, right. That's so then the I would law. say, right, I would say false in that case. But if the if you're just saying the trustee is supposed to be making these decisions, then yes, the trustee, like, you know, it's kind of like those trust fund, the, the movie where the trust fund kid goes to these crotchety old men and is like, give me money to spend on a yacht in the trustee is like a wise old crotchety man and he says no you were right. wasting away so the i think the question is false okay so the, the, <laughs> the question is it is yeah the, yeah the question is false yeah <laughs> so the answer is false uh trustees may have a great deal of control over how income is distributed to beneficiaries which is why financial planners advise that grantors choose their trustees carefully okay got it Okay. Well, Michael, a tip of the cap to you, sir, for a well-earned Hey, a double victory. tip. A double tip because um, I answered these questions online, so I clicked the answer you guys gave me, and we scored together a 75, and the average mm. score is a 60. So there you go. Hey, we mm. are better than average. That's right. <laughs> we are above average at this. But, you know, 75, that extra 25 is why there's going to be some disclaimers, and you'd always want to talk to a trust attorney with any specific right. trust questions that you have. Right. Yeah, it's probably best not to get your total legal advice from a podcast with your financial advisor. Just good call. Good call Google there. thumb. Yeah, this was for fun. It's for fun and somewhat educational for all of us. And yeah. Awesome. Well, well done, Michael. I, I am humbled yet proud to have fought valiantly against a worthy <laughs> opponent. All right, we'll, well let him live, but he still has to read disclaimers. Fair enough. I think the punishment fits the crime. Okay. Great job. Great job, you two. All right. That was fun. All right. Fun one. Talk to right. you guys later. Sounds good. All right. All right. Bye. See you later. All right. Bye. Bye. If you have questions for Michael or me concerning this topic or anything else, please visit assetbuilder.com slash podcast. There you can find our contact information along with the show notes for every episode. This podcast is for educational purposes and it is not meant to be construed as an offer, solicitation, recommendation, or endorsement of any particular security, product, or service. 